Hey, y'all. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm your host, Hope Cook. I created this podcast to help women who have amazing careers on paper and yet something is missing. You're feeling out of alignment or directionless. Maybe you're no longer motivated or excited about how you spend your days. On top of all that, I'm guessing you feel guilty because you're not more grateful for your job. And maybe you even wonder how you can possibly keep going doing this for another 10, 15, or 20 years when you can barely make it through Wednesday. Let me tell you, I've been there. After 20 years with a rewarding career as a physician assistant, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I felt pulled in a new direction, but didn't know what that was. A series of books and conversations led me to a life-changing decision to cut way back on my day job and become a life coach. My passion became helping other women figure out what it is they want to do and map out a path to get there. So listen weekly for tips and tools you can use to chart your own journey. When my daughter was little, every single night she would say, Good night, I'm scared. And we would say the same thing. It's okay to be scared. And then we would shut her door and she was fine. I'm not saying she wasn't scared, but she was reassured that it's okay to be scared. And that's how we've tried to raise them. Um, You know, every time they try a new sport, my son uh, signed up for cross country and track as a ninth grader this year. And the boy had never run a block. I mean, he's, he's plays in the yard, but he'd never jogged. So he was super scared and, you know, it's okay to be scared, but he did it anyway. So that's what we're talking about today, how fear can really get a hold of us and scare the crap out of us. And then it messes with our mind. And then our mind starts coming up with all these, um, all this evidence to support like, yes, this is why you should be scared. Um, when I was a little kid, it was um, when this kid named Adam got kidnapped and it was all over the news. Apparently I was too little to really know what was going on, but I know that my mom scared us to death about getting kidnapped. I mean, we even had a password um, that if somebody ever tried to pick us up, we were going to use, say, you know, what's the password? Although, really, I think if a kidnapper wanted to get us, I think that they would snatch us and not like waste time. Oh, your password is whatever. Anyway, I was thinking about this um, because Oprah interviewed these two cops. And this was years ago, but do you remember J.C. Duggard? I think that's how you say her name. Um, She was kidnapped and not found for 20 years. But the way they found her was these two officers had a sort of intuitive um, hit, like a fear that made the hair on the back of their arms stand up when they um, met the kidnapper. They worked at... um, uh, University of California, Berkeley, and he came in and wanted to do an event. And he had these two girls with him. And it turns out those were the two girls of his, the girl he kidnapped. So she got pregnant, had like an 11 and 15 year old. And the two officers just, something wasn't right. And so they, they had this sort of um, intuition, but also that fear. So 
there's two sides of the coin. I want you to listen to your fear when you get that, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. But I also want you to um, ask fear like, okay, what is it you're afraid of? What are you trying to teach me? What are you worried the most about? So we'll get to both of those. Um, there is a song, and I couldn't get it out of my head today, which is what made me start thinking about fear. I don't know, wow. Oh, I don't know why I was thinking it, but do you remember those Disney cartoons that always had music? And this one was The Three Little Pigs. And it was, who's afraid of the big bad wolf? The big bad wolf. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? And that's all I remembered. So I, I looked up the cartoon and it turns out the in this version, this old, old, old Disney version, the first two pigs were not afraid of the wolf. So they didn't really take it seriously. They didn't think he could get into their house houses. So one built his house of straw um, and the other one built his house of, what was it? No, twigs, maybe twigs and straw. And the song even says like one of them was dancing a jig and one of them was playing a flute. So they were not prepared. They did not, they weren't afraid of the wolf or they, if they were, they didn't take it seriously. The third one over prepared. So if you'll remember, he built his house out of bricks. It took longer and it took a whole lot more work, but he built his house out of bricks. And he even built that fire in the fireplace. Do you remember when the wolf came down and he burned his tail? Um, so he overprepared. So think of fear as sort of being like fuel in your gas tank. So it can make you do a good thing, which is over-preparing. When I was at Emory and PA school, I used to over-prepare like crap. I, I was terrified that I would fail. I don't know why, because the evidence did not support that. I made all A's, I think. Um, and every test grade, I made good. But I was still terrified. I think I felt like an imposter because I was one of the younger ones in the class with the least experience, probably. So I over-prepared. And it worked. Um, when I was on furlough during the early days of the pandemic and I was thought we were going to be broke, fear was telling me like, look, y'all are going to be poor. I tried to make that two syllables. Didn't y'all hear that? We're going to be poor. And you might have to move in with your parents down in South Georgia. You might have to get a job at Target if you're lucky. So I had all these fears. But what it did was helped us over prepare by underspending. So I didn't know how long, I didn't know how long the the furlough or the pandemic would last. I mean, I thought it was going to last. I think I took off five months, but I really didn't know. So we ended up saving money um, as much as we could. And then when I did start working, we were already in the habit of living off a lot less. So Fear helped us to pay off our mortgage like six months after I went back to work because we were so, or at least I was so afraid. I worry about my kids all the time, and that's a version of fear. So if somebody said like, well, a therapist did say, Hope, what's your biggest fear with your kids? Like, why are you so freaked out? Why are you so anxious and worried? And I would say, oh my gosh, I'm worried they're going to end up in jail. I'm worried they're going to end up, you know, 
on drugs, all these things. So that fear helped me over prepare, not saying I'm prepared, but it did prompt me to send both kids to therapy. Now you may be thinking, God, that's like overkill. They're going to end up messed up because they're getting too much therapy, but only time will tell. But it did help me um, put them in therapy because I was like, look, I can only do so much. So I'm going to call in some help, some professional help. And they're both really good kids. Um, I have no evidence that they are going to end up in jail or on drugs, probably the opposite. So that's the other thing I want you to do is when you have this like huge fear, you know, you're hyper vigilant and you are over preparing to a fault. Ask yourself like, okay, is this interfering with my life? Um, am I constantly in a prepare mode and I'm not really living? So that's happened to me before too, where I just, I don't make progress because I'm just so stuck in the fear. Um, let's see. The other, we talked about evidence. So look for evidence that supports the opposite. So as far as my kids, I mean, they're good kids. They spend most of their time at home or doing some sports. They both um, really care about themselves, their bodies. They care what we think at this age. So, um, and they both make good grades. So I have no evidence to support that fear. Get curious about the fear. Instead of fighting it, really sit down. I mean, you can write a letter to fear. I know this sounds stupid, but I've done it before. So dear fear, thank you for your concern. I appreciate how you um, help me to be cautious. I appreciate that you don't want me to blow my money on some crazy course that promises I'll write a book in six months. I understand that you're worried I'll be broke. So write a letter to fear, but then reassure fear by using examples to support the opposite. And you can write a letter to yourself from fear, like, Dear Hope, you are really freaking me out, girl. You are taking chances. You're not thinking ahead. What are the consequences? What effect is this having on your family? And so that's a way to sort of um, brain dump all the fear and see what see what the origin is. I had a dream last night and in life coaching, we learned dream analysis. So I won't tell you the whole long dream, but basically I was in this hotel room in a third world country. I think it was like Mexico and it was a sort of ramshackled hotel room. And I realized that there is, and <laughs> this makes it even funnier. <laughs> so I'm wearing, um, it looks like a wrestling jumps, you know, those wrestling shorts that come up and they have straps. It looks like an old timey bathing suit that has shorts. Anyway, it's one of those, but it's spanks. It's like, uh, you know, an undergarment. So I'm wearing one of those and I hear somebody trying to get in the door and I look and there's, for whatever reason in my dream and the hotel door, there's a big window so he can see in and I can see him. It's this big burly guy and there's a flimsy door. So he breaks in. And in my dream, I tried to scream 
And it was one of those dreams where your throat will not, your voice box will not work. And you're just hoarse and you're releasing this strangled sound. Um, my husband was asleep, but I, I suspect I did make some kind of noise and I couldn't scream. So I woke up just like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. Not scared that there's an actual man, but just the fear was pumping through my body. So in life coaching, when we do dream analysis, we pick symbols. In this case, I would have picked the man. And I, I sort of become the man, almost like an actor in a play. So, I mean, a, a character like in a play. So I pretend like I'm the man, the big burly man that broke into my hotel room. And I ask him questions or someone else would ask him questions because it's kind of, it's a little hard to do yourself. But let's say a coach would ask me, all right, big burly man, what is your purpose in the dream? And it, this works better if you answer it as you're going instead of like trying to think of the answer ahead of time. So I wrote, um, I'm here to move you out of where you are to a new place. Because in the dream, I did like somehow run out the door. And then the next scene in my dream, I was in a completely different place. So I wrote that the purpose, the man's purpose was to move me out of where I was to a new place. And then you ask, what is your message for the dreamer? And I wrote, I mean, this is really what like popped into my head. So you don't just make it up. It really is like what pops into your head. Um, I don't want you. You're safe. I want to steal your belongings. So that actually gave me some reassurance, you know, this terrifying dream. But when I questioned the symbol, it was more about the stuff in the room and not about me. Um, the third question is, how are you here to help the dreamer? And what I came up with was I'm here to pr help her prepare and to think ahead and to learn from her mistakes. So you can see how a seemingly terrifying dream could actually be a message for you. I mean, fear is there to keep us alive. So, um, you know, evol evolutionarily, is that a word? Anyway, the way evolution works, if we were afraid, we were going to exercise certain precautions. You know, we would not swim in the river that had crocodiles. We would be afraid to, so it would keep us alive. But we still have these fears, and they they seem to have gotten more and more unreasonable. The point is to listen to that fear and ask what it has to tell you. Okay, the other last thing I think. Let's see. Yeah, last thing. So there are two types of fear. <clears throat> Martha Beck, the lady I took life coaching from, she describes it as, ah, what is that noise? She describes it as, um, you know, pretend like you're standing on a high dive and you're looking into the water and you are really scared. But there's two kinds of scared. There is, okay, there are alligators and crocodiles. There's snakes down in this water. It's murky. It's yucky. I am terrified and I, I, I'm in fight or flight mode. I don't want to jump in there. The other kind of fear is sort of like you're standing on the high dive. You're scared to walk off or jump off, but there's clear water down there. It's a hot day. It's like clear and it looks amazing. And so you're scared, but you also have this like excitement. 
So if you find yourself scared, tell yourself, it's okay to be scared. And then do like the third little pig, over-prepare. Trust your intuition, like those two cops. If it's the type of fear that makes you go into fight or flight, it's like a whole body reaction, trust that. Your body knows before your brain when there is a fear that needs to be um, paid attention to. And put words to your fear. You know, it's hard to verbalize sometimes why we're so afraid, but I think it helps if you can kind of um, talk to somebody or even write it on paper. Like, why am I so afraid? I'll give you one final example. So Eli, my he's 15 now, he went to a birthday party when he was five. And it was one of the first parties um, he was at the age where parents started like leaving their kids and going to run errands and then they'd come back. And this was a middle of the day party. It was like two o'clock. And so I drive him, this cute little boy in his class, but I didn't know his parents or his, turns out his mom. Um, but I drove him to this house condo and walked him inside. And I just got this like immediate body feeling of like, I don't want to leave my kid here. But I didn't have, I didn't really know, I didn't have anything to base it on. The mom was friendly. She was really young. Um, but there was a boyfriend there who lived with her. And it was just something about him. And it may have been completely unfounded. Uh, I never, you know, looked him up or heard anything. But it was just this feeling of, I am not leaving my child here. And it was so strong that I parked my butt on that sofa and it was so awkward because I was the only parent who stayed and had to make small talk for two hours and, you know, help blow up balloons. And I just parked myself there. About an hour into it, I had to go to the bathroom and there was only one bathroom downstairs. It was um, kind of hooked to the den. So I go to the bathroom and there are all these costumes hanging up in there. That is bizarre. I mean, especially if you're having a birthday party and you know people might have to use the restroom and there's only one bathroom downstairs. So I know that that's not a great ending to the story because I really don't know what happened. I need to do some Googling and try to figure it out. But I listened to my fear and I stayed and it all worked out fine. So on that note, we're going to close with some words from. Eminem, lose yourself. All right, so he says, his palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. He's nervous, but on the surface, he looks calm and ready. He opens his mouth, but the words don't come out. He's choking now. Everybody's joking now. The clock's run out. Time's up. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes Rabbit. He choked. He's so mad, but he won't give up. He won't have it. He knows his whole back city ropes. It doesn't matter. He's dope. He knows that, but he's broke. So all the um, cards were stacked against him, but he knows that like this is it. So he better go capture this moment and hope it don't pass him. You better lose yourself in the music, the moment. I'm not going to rap for y'all, but... I really don't like Eminem, but I like this song just because it's one of those that even though he was terrified, 
He seized the moment. So may you go out and seize the moment, people. Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week, and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.